0: Right, this is how we kick off our Friday afternoons around here, Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart is here. day, Dennis. Great to be back with you. It's been a couple of weeks. Well,
1: very good to be back with you, Mark, with your nice little t-shirt. You look very... Uh there.
0: Actually, through been three weeks because you were yeah, away.
1: that's right. You were away enjoying yourself. I was here oh, holding the fort. <laughs> I don't know that that was the
0: case. <laughs> um, but this will kind of be something of great uh-huh. interest today. Um, are we talking the fountain of youth here or is that a bit presumptuous?
1: Well, it's a bit presumptuous, but we'll get close to it. We'll get close to looking at the topic of the how to Resist the Monster of Aging. Oh,
0: <laughs> just don't get older. How about that?
1: Well, we'll try to stop it.
0: We'll do what we can. <laughs> good afternoon, Gary at Raymond Terrace. You're after a bit of help with joint pain. What's your question there, Gary? Yes,
2: uh, <clears throat> I just want to ask Dennis about this uh, Aussie Legends hemp. Is it any good or not?
1: To be honest with you, Gary, I don't know much about the product. Um, is it? Are you using it topically, are you? Oh, no. I... You're taking it orally, are you?
2: No, I haven't t- I'm, I'm just asking your opinion before I buy it.
1: Well, I don't know much about the product, uh, but the reason I asked uh, whether you whether the preparation was an oral preparation or a topical oh. preparation, um, I might have been able to give a general comment. Well,
2: uh, you've got seed uh, oil yeah. capsules uh, capsules,
1: capsules. Okay. Well, then it's an oral preparation. Look, um, hemp uh, these days has come somewhat into popularity. It's, it's not a herb that I use, but many people and many of my clients and patients claim they've had great result from using um, hemp in various forms. Um, the point is I would suspect that um, being a product in the marketplace and having a name, it would have had to satisfy uh, the appropriate regulatory authorities, if it has um, an hostile number, that means the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration have considered it to be safe and OK for people to use. So um, I would would say that if that is the situation, and based on the feedback that I have had from my patients, I can't uh, in, in any way at all criticise the product. I think it might be a good product. Yeah, well,
2: this is supposed to... Uh Smooth uh, soothe the joints, muscles, skin,
1: hair, eyes, bowel, and stomach because I have problems with all that. Okay, um, again, I come back to the point and say I don't know a lot about uh, hemp. I don't use it myself, but there are many products in the marketplace, and if claims are being made for it, I presume that that means that it has been assessed and those claims have been considered to be okay uh, for for a product to be used in that way.
2: Yeah, it's just that uh, it's supposed to be roadside drug test free. I mean, there's no worries, mate.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I can see the benefit of that. Again, uh, all I can say is that any therapeutic product in in Australia uh, that is used orally uh, and even topically, if it makes therapeutic claims, which seemingly this does, um, it it has to have what's called uh, the TGA tick of approval. Uh, I presume that's the case with this. I can't say yay or nay, but if it has uh, the tick of approval, well, that means it's been considered to be okay for use. If it hasn't got a tick, um, um, well, that might need some consideration.
0: Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, Good afternoon as we continue along here. Uh, Ruth, you have a question on Astragalus 8 today.
3: I do, I do. Hello, Dr. Dennis. How are you today?
1: Just call me Dennis Ruth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've called you Dr. Dennis before. We met 20 years ago when oh, I was really? in and, okay. um and you gave me your astrogal estate and I still use it. And I was just wondering if I add thyme oil to it because it's the only organic preservative on the planet mm-hmm. um, to be able to just help me to regrow some new cells. I've had a, another kid um, on the noggin and i was just wondering if i added that time away to it would and take it or would you feel more comfortable if you added it
2: to
1: it look i i think the, the astragalus eight preparation stands on its own and any claims or uh, recognition for it is based on a stand formula i had a lot to do as you know in in bringing the preparation into Australia and wrote uh, some of the papers on it.
3: It changed um, my life, yeah, yeah, honestly, Dennis. Yeah. Honestly, when I took that, yeah. and as I said, I still take it now. Um, when I take your your galaxy yeah. yeah. and the elixir that you made, yes. it just re what's the word? It just calibrated all of my blood cells and my body cells. And I was just wondering, like, have you? Would you, you know, consider adding that thyme oil? I to wouldn't. It?
1: I wouldn't, no. no. You use How it? would you
3: recommend that I take the thyme oil? Well, I use it in my beauty products. Like organic skin.
1: You're using it topically, are you?
3: Yes, yes. Okay. I, it feeds the skin from the... You know, you keep the skin wet when you get out of the shower and you rub the oil oh. onto your skin. <laughs> that sounds really bad. That's like signs of the lamp. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: you you probably... <laughs> You probably, know, you probably know more about the topical use of that than what I do.
3: We're not trying to scare your listeners. This is not. This is not. I,
1: I, I'm sorry. You, you got me, you've That's got me you laughing part. now. <laughs> We're both laughing. <laughs> We're both laughing. <laughs> <laughs> We're both laughing. <laughs> <laughs> We're both laughing. You, uh, okay. Oh, no, I'll pull myself uh, together. I'm uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. (laughs) Have you been taking something?
3: No. Well, you know Or smoking anything? No. (laughs) I bet it does say that we are allowed to the herbs of the garden, including Hello. coriander. Well, there you go. Uh, look, you,
1: you probably know more about this than what I do. If you're using Astragalus, please use it in the way in which it was indicated to be used. Best of luck. Thank
0: you so much, Ruth. As we continue on, uh, heading to Cameron Park. Good afternoon, Heather. You have a, a question inquiry on fatty liver today with Dennis Heather. Yes, please, if I
3: may. Hello, Dennis.
1: How Hello, are you? Heather. How are you? Good. I've
3: been diagnosed for yeah. quite a
1: while with yeah. fatty liver. Yes, yes.
3: Is there any type of medication or herbs or something that could help?
1: I believe there is. Yep. And I'm, I'm basing my um, claims and and my confidence uh, not only on my experience in um, treating people with the diagnosis and them claiming some benefit, but also from the literature that uh, is circulating, credible literature, uh, literature-based on an understanding of how herbs work and what they do. One of the uh, references that I frequently use on this program and a reference that I have used in over 30 years of lecturing is the book by the great uh, German medical practitioner, who was also a brilliant um, uh, herbal medicine practitioner, Dr. Rudolf Weiss. And in his section in that book, simply entitled Herbal Medicine, uh, for the cynics and critics out there, before you go any further, get a copy of Weiss's book, read it, and look at the 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 quality of the of the information in it in Weiss's book and uh, dealing with uh, the liver uh, the the uh, there is the mention of the herb known as saint mary's thistle St Mary's thistle is probably the best known and uh, understood natural remedy for addressing multiple conditions of the liver. And in that book, Vice uh, mentions its usefulness in managing uh, fatty liver. Now, are we talking about curing it? I'm using the term managing it because uh, in the management of it with St. Mary's Thistle, frequently it brings about a degree of comfort uh, and an easing of any symptoms and will over time in many cases improve the uh, the the liver function uh, assessment so uh, it's the herb of choice the uh, and um, rudolf Weiss is the reference uh, st mary's thistle is a very easy procured herb when i started uh, uh, practicing and uh, lecturing on herbal medicine over 45 years ago um, it was relatively unknown because Uh, St. Mary's Thistle, even though it grows in this country as a weed, um, has predominantly been used in European uh, herbal medicine, both medical and naturopathically. And so we weren't that familiar with it. And as far as I'm aware, um, I was the first one to introduce its potential uh, as a remedy to use in addressing liver and gallbladder problems. Now it's readily available and is part and parcel of the teaching of herbal medicine by the colleges that do so in Australia. you If you're good um, on the computer, just Google St. Mary's Thistle stroke fatty liver. Okay. Now, is
3: there uh, a tonic or a powder or tablet? Okay. Sure there,
1: there, there, there are numerous ways uh, in which you can take it. Um, your pharmacy, your health food store and naturopathic practice uh, would have it. The um, the more sophisticated the preparation is, the more standardized it would become. That means a good St. Mary's thistle product would boast about having a major herb in a major constituent in it called silimarin. S i l y m a r i n. Silimarin is considered to be the primary chemical constituent in St. Mary's thistle, and uh, tableted preparations. Um, usually boast about having a percentage of silymarin in it. really doesn't matter whether it's a capsule um, or tablet or even liquid, but a, a good preparation, in my opinion, would have the level of silymarin mentioned on it.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Heather. Uh, 49216216 if you have a question for Dennis today, and he will come back and look into those anti-ageing Herbs, Dennis, because if we, we've got to get into them because we're running out of time to anti-age.
1: Oh, every, every minute counts. Every
0: minute counts. <laughs> Dennis, let's get near it. Three, count them, one, two, three, anti-aging herbs you want to have a look at today. First one, uh, ginkgo. Whenever you mention it, I think of an animal for some
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Oh, no, no, no. Ginkgo is, is a magical tree. All right. It, it grows, actually, um, very well in this country, but not everyone... Recognizes its benefits when they drive past it. I remember when I had my practice in the, in Warunga, I would frequently uh, drive past Knox Grammar School and on the well, verge. Speed there, camera there now. <laughs> Carefully, photo taken. On but, the verge were some beautiful ginkgo trees. Mm. And I would frequently, when I was teaching, take students uh, along there and who'd never seen the tree grow uh, and point it out to the characteristics of the tree. It's a tree that um, has a great history, and I won't just dwell on the history, but it's fascinating to know these features, that it is the, what's considered to be the sole survivor of a previous geological era, as far as trees were concerned. It shouldn't be here. And when you look at the shape of the leaf, uh, it's very much like a shape of, 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 of a fossil substance. Uh, the leaf is uh, frequently seen on um, fossil material. So the history of the the herb is a bit romantic. Uh, It was rediscovered, if you like, in in a remote part of China. It has been used uh, in uh, Chinese medicine um, orally, but in a different way altogether to the way in which it is used in uh, in medicine and natural medicine uh, today. the Germans did a lot of work on the leaves of uh, St. Mary of um, Ginkgo, and discovered that it had some interesting active principles in it, known as ginkgolides. And they extracted the herb and did some interesting work, which demonstrated that it had some benefits in promoting circulation uh, peripherally and elsewhere. And it developed a reputation as an agent that could be used to address ageing syndromes characterized by uh, memory and learning difficulties and it was very quickly taken up by the Germans who developed a product initially called Tobonin. As far as I'm aware it was the first commercial product
0: so is it the, um, the, the, the helping with the circulation? Is that the secret superstar uh, here?
1: That's, that's being a, a little bit too basic, but they use the term uh, regarding its potential benefit on concentration, focus and learning. They talk about its uh, circulatory benefits uh, for cerebral circulatory deficits. And whether that's true or not, we do know that there's an aspect of its chemistry which promotes improvement in, in, in circulatory activity to the brain. That's the argument made in the pharmacology of it. Whether that's true or not, and I don't believe there's anything wrong with seeing it that way, a quiet perseverance with the herb over, an, over a fair period of time will generally see some improvement in various conditions, uh, even conditions remote uh, from, from learning and, and cognitive activity. Uh, things like, for instance, vertigo, Uh, things like uh, tinnitus, Uh, they have had some very significant response to the use of ginkgo biloba preparations. Again, I emphasise preparations quite different to the uh, use of it in Asian herbal medicine. And so today it's it's presented and, and in fact, has been presented for quite some time as an agent that is worthwhile recommending uh, using as a potential benefit for offsetting what are called the cognitive uh, deficits that can be associated with ageing, the way in which ageing brings with it. Um, Some, uh, how can you call it, alteration in in memory, in understanding in focus, fairly common symptoms, which unfortunately are frequently written off as being not treatable and put in the basket of early Alzheimer's. Whether that is so or not, it is used, 20% of elderly people in Germany are to use uh, ginkgo biloba as an agent to resist the aging deficits, particularly associated with cognitive activity. I use the herb myself and have it done for a long, long period of time. I believe in it firmly and again for the critics, the skeptics, uh, don't just listen to what I'm saying. I'm talking very simply and very um, elementarily here. Go to the literature, go to your computer, look at the way in which this herb is being used in many parts of the world, not just naturopathically or by herbal medicine practitioners, but by medical practitioners, particularly in Europe, where the use of herbal medicine is much more popular than what it is uh, in, in in Anglo countries. So I believe very strongly that the use of ginkgo biloba by elderly people, i.e. myself and others, has a real potential, a real potential to lessen the acceleration of cognitive deficits associated with ageing. And in 1986, I think it was, there was a conference in New York and it was chaired by a Spanish uh, medical professional who summarised the conference and wrote in the forward to the conference papers that as far as he was concerned, ginkgo biloba at that stage offered the best uh, remedy to attempt to address much of the symptomatology associated with ageing, some of which uh, bordered on dementia and some of which bordered on Alzheimer's. Am I saying it is a cure for that? No. All I'm saying is it is a useful device. And for those of us who fight and resist ageing, to my way of thinking, it is an important almost necessary supplement to bring into one's regime. This is using, by the way, herbal medicine in a sensible way. People take too many things. They take too many supplements. But the good thing about what we're talking about, Mark, is this is potentially preventative medicine where the use of sensible, well-defined, well-documented, modern herbal medicine preparations can be shown to offer, particularly to ageing individuals such as myself, a real potential benefit to offset some of the deficits associated with ageing, one of which is perhaps a rundown in one's cognitive activities.
0: Yeah, all very important stuff. And not to mention a really fantastic word that you dropped in the middle of all that too. Can you mention which one it was? no symptomatology.
1: Oh, symptomatology. Love well, uh, <laughs> I don't consider it to be a fantastic word. Well, it's just nice... No, no, symptomatology no. is the study of the symptoms mm. associated with a, a disease or a condition and uh, Ginkgo addresses the symptomatology of aspects of ageing.
0: Wordcraft, it is a dying art. Uh, <laughs> Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart on 2NURFM. All right, good day, Rob and Raymond Terrace. You actually wanting to continue with the discussion on the ginkgo and uh, how it may or may not help you, Rob? Yes,
4: that's correct. Um, uh, I've re- recently started on that. Uh, oh, good day there, Dennis.
1: Hello, Rob. Um,
4: I, I was told by my friend, who was actually an aged care nurse, to yes. be very really careful of the uh, uh, ginkgo biloba because she said um, it can sometimes. The uh, the arteries with uh, blood flow etc. Um, I'm 80, yes, and I have a stent, yes, uh, which I've had now for ten years, yes. Um, and basically, when she said that, I was just a little bit concerned that it may cause uh, hyper blood pressure or something like that. Okay, um, is that just a load of rubbish?
1: Rob, uh, ginkgo is a herb that needs to be used cautiously if one is using uh, prescription medication, particularly uh, anti-clotting medication. Okay. Uh, so if if one is on warfarin or many of the or any of the other uh, blood thinning agents, uh, caution should be taken. Lights. In fact, in fact uh, early literature on the ginkgo for the sake of caution um, discouraged its use uh, for, yeah. p- for people that we're on, to, to use the co- colloquial terminology, blood thinners. Um, yes. As far as I'm aware, ginkgo has no ramification on, on hypertension or blood pressure. Uh, okay. There's nothing in the literature that indicates that uh, it, it is uh, an agent that can uh, boost blood pressure. Um, are you on blood thinners?
4: No, okay. the only thing that I'm, I'm on is aspirin.
1: Oh, yes, um, well... Uh, uh, no, I'm not on walking
4: or anything like okay.
1: that. And you've been on the ginkgo for some time?
4: No, I've only just started about three weeks ago.
1: Okay. Look, um, aspirin, uh, you want what, 100 milligrams, 200 yeah, milligrams? Yeah, okay. yeah look, um, aspirin is still a mild, um, well, to use the terminology, anti-clotting agent. Yeah. Um, uh, I would be raising it or discussing it uh, with your doctor or pharmacist but uh, there would be many people in the, in the community who are on aspirin who are also taking the ginkgo and presumably benefiting from it. I have to, I have to be cautious in what I say, obviously, but the uh, initial reservations uh, over time have uh, to some extent been attenuated and we don't get the, 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 the blatant discouragement. There's, uh, I've never heard of any incident where no, the yeah, ginkgo has complicated it, but do raise it with your good GP or your pharmacist. Yeah. But um, if um, if you if you get the nod, um, I would see it as being potentially very useful for you yeah. because you're essentially in the same age bracket as I am.
4: Okay. Well, the only the only thing was that was going to ask was it says on the uh, on the uh, container, you know, three three tablets a day. Yes. Um, at the moment, I'm only
1: taking one. So, well, see that has a that has that has a bearing also in as much that uh, any medication and keep in mind that ginkgo, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, more a medication than just a health supplement, yeah, uh, and that's yeah. why putting it in this context of a serious agent that has potential to resist aspects of of aging. Um, dosage is important. If you're on a lower dose I would argue that that would lessen um, any possibility Um, and um, that might be a a safeguard factor but again uh, any medication like that because of its potential should be raised with your GP and your pharmacist but at the dose you're taking it and the fact that you're only on aspirin um, I would would be um, surprised if there was a problem.
0: Good afternoon, Dave, at Woodville. uh, Plantar fasciitis, that is on your mind today, Dave.
1: Yeah, mate. Yeah, it is. Hello, Dave. How are you? Dennis, how are you, mate? Good. Tell me about your plantar fasciitis.
4: Well, it hasn't been diagnosed by a physician, but just Dr. Google, you know what I mean? I've just got a bad burning feeling in the heel.
1: Okay. Um, Look, you you probably have what's called a spur. Right, yep. And... um, if you should get it confirmed, it might be worthwhile having a, a word with a podiatrist um, yeah. who, who could make a, a good diagnosis of it. I'm sure. If if it if it is a spur, in inverted commas, uh, yeah. two remedies that I have used, and I emphasise very successfully with this, not it's not something that I treat every day of the week. But uh, some of the significant sceptics that I've had of my system of medicine have been converted to it when I've resolved their spur uh, discomfort and resolved the spur history by recommending, if you've got a pencil and paper, Uh, two minerals. And these are known as celloids, C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. They are a practitioner product. That means they're available only from naturopathic practitioners or pharmacists and doctors that stock them. Uh, They're a Blackmore's product, a Blackmore's celloid, and one of the celloids is S79. Now, I don't want to make it sound esoteric. That is a code for the product in the celloid uh, structure of things. It is a particular preparation of silica, right, S79. The second preparation that goes with it is SP96, another esoteric term, but a code term. That stands for sodium phosphate. Yes, Robert. Yep, yep, yep. Those two uh, celloids persevered with over a period of time in many cases, I'm not saying all, but in many cases, will give a good resolution to the problem. Um, I would suggest, uh, and because of their safety, Uh, They're not going to interfere with any medication you might take. Let me just say, however, that they're not going to do the job overnight. They Uh, will take some time. The treatment is not expensive. It's very safe. And uh, I've seen some good results with it. Again, for the sceptics, please don't be sceptical. I've seen the results of prescribing those two celloids. For spur conditions, I'd suggest you give it a go. Give it a go, Dave.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Dave. Best of luck with all of that, Dennis. Look, we've we have run out of time. Oh Um,
1: dear, dear.
0: So we didn't get time to anti-age all the way. We've anti-aged a third.
1: It's a start. It's a a start. start.
0: So what that does is that buys us some time to get to next week, and you will continue the conversation. So we did the ginkgo today, Um, Hawthorne. And uh, ginseng are the ones you're looking at next wow. week.
1: And they're great herbs, and I'd love to talk about both of them. And they'll be particularly interesting uh, to our elderly listeners, who hopefully got some benefit from my encouragement about the ginkgo. And when we talk about uh, the hawthorn and we talk about panics, there's a trilogy of remedies that I'm sure will justify my claim that they can help us as ageing individuals... Resist the process.
0: All right, so one, and we'll get the next two out of three next week. Why not? All right, so we're a third of the way there. Dennis Stewart has always made a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll let you get out into the weekend, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.